Today, we open the podcast with splashing water on babies. Now, what could be more fun than that? I create the recipe for the entire church year just by throwing together blue, purple, white, red, black, and green. I tell you the life lessons that have stuck with me from my elementary school art classes. I share the story of a remarkable teacher who dared to break the mold, and I even let you hear from the most famous artist of an era, all on the way to answering the question, can I mix the colors? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. The church I grew up in, I guess more accurately, the denomination I grew up in baptizes infants and kids and adolescents and adults as well, but the vast majority of baptisms done in our churches are infants. Now, I'm not really interested in entering into the adults versus infant baptism debate at this point, but the way our church handles the reality that at some point this baby, this infant, will need to take responsibility for these decisions being made for her on this day of her baptism is to place the decision for the individual at the time of confirmation. Now, confirmation is a sacrament and is intended to be the adult reaffirmation of our baptismal vows. And most churches, meaning in our denomination that I know of, do this now at about the age 16. But when I was growing up, we did it at age 12. Confirmation class was then the time that we prepared ourselves to assume responsibility for our own spiritual decisions, to take ownership of our own spiritual journey. Now, I remember only two things from this year-long class that I attended that was my confirmation class back in the sixth grade. One, I remember that we had to memorize the definition of a sacrament. We had to memorize that a sacrament is an outward visible sign of an inward spiritual grace. Now, I had as I memorize this, only the vaguest understanding of its meaning. Remember, I was in the sixth grade. But when I eventually went to seminary, I got to understand, some 13 or so years later, the meaning of what I had memorized so many years before. Now, the only other thing I remember from my confirmation class is that we were given the church calendar in the shape of a circle. Each season was the slice of a pie within the circle, proportional to the number of days it took up. So there was Advent, then Christmas, then Epiphany, then Lent, Easter, and so on. We were given crayons and told to color the slices of the year with the appropriate color, because in our church tradition, again, we have colors, liturgical colors for each season. So Advent was purple. Back then, most churches I know used purple, but now most churches I've served in use blue for Advent, but that's really not important here. Christmas was white. Lent is purple. Easter is white. We also used green for the summer season, red for certain holy days. I remember this clearly for a couple of reasons, but I most remember thinking that sixth grade seemed a little old to be given something this rudimentary to do while being told to keep it neat and make sure we colored within the lines. It reminds me a lot of my early art lessons, if you can call them that, in grade school. We were taught to color, not scribble. I remember being told that a lot. And that meant keeping all our lines of coloring going in the same direction, I think. I discovered early on that I was a scribbler. We were taught that when we were given something to color, we should stay within the lines. 
I learned early on that I wasn't very good at staying within the lines either. And when we were finally given paint at an older age, we were told very clearly to never, never, never allow the paints to touch or to mix because that was just difficult to clean up or something like that. I'm not sure. Now, recently, our daughter Kate went to a place called Paint and Sip. You may have heard of these places. You go, you pay your fee, and then an art instructor walks you through the process of painting your picture for the evening. That's the paint part. The sip is you can bring wine or whatever you want to drink to drink while you're painting. You provide that, though. They don't. One of the first things that happens when you are given your materials is that as you begin to paint, you're given several colors that you place at several points on the canvas, and then you use a brush to blend them to allow one color to slowly fade into another as you work your way across the canvas. My daughter says she's gone to several of these, and she often finds this, this process, to be the most difficult part. And not because the technique is challenging, but because her initial reaction is to have a voice inside her head scream, No! You never mix the paints. Once she lets this arbitrary and, quite frankly, wrong rule of art be perched from her head, this can be one of the most satisfying and relaxing parts of the entire painting. When she told me about her experience and her inner voice yelling, don't mix the paints, it was funny because suddenly I felt that rule and the judgment associated with it well up within me. I was overwhelmed by the power of that rule, never mix the colors. Quite a few years ago, I worked at a church that had a school, and the school had an art teacher. This art teacher was amazing. Now, I'll tell you a little bit about our son, Daniel, is no artist. He's lots of talents. That's not really his gift or his passion, but he enjoyed coloring, as kids often do. And as he got older, and by older, I mean he was four years old rather than two years old, His works of art were always worked on until the entire page was covered and no white was remaining. Now, that could sound like a really good thing, but in this case, he liked to work until he'd used every color everywhere on the page. So his works of art, as I'm calling them, were often white pages that just eventually turned into black or brown pages, solid black and brown pages, scribbled all over because he has my talent for scribbling. We moved to Jacksonville, and Daniel started attending this new school, and instantly his art was really wonderful. This art teacher had all sorts of interesting rules and ways of teaching. One thing she would do was carefully watch each student and help them understand when their painting was done. She didn't force them to stop, but she just helped them discern when they were done working on the art and when they had transitioned into just slapping paint onto the canvas out of boredom. Now, that final part, that's my words, not hers. She would have said it far more gently. But probably the most interesting thing she would do is she had certain things that she did not allow in her class. The one I remember most clearly is that you couldn't paint the sun in the corner of your page. Remember being in the first grade, second grade, and you were going to paint a house, and the first thing you did is you put that little quarter circle of orange or yellow in the corner for the sun because you'd seen everyone do that always. 
You could put the sun in her class anywhere you wanted to imagine it. You could put it inside the house if you wanted to. But if you started with your son in the corner, she would remind you that you were just doing that because you'd seen it done before. And she'd take your painting, walk over to the sink, rinse off the corner sun, and then bring it back and say, now, that's where other people put their sun. Where are you going to put your sun? Now, I have to say, the first time I heard of this, I was shocked. She washes off someone's art and makes them start again? But she did it in such a way that the process was never stifling, like telling someone to never mix paints is. It was, in the long run, freeing. Kids began to understand that they were free to try new things. They were free to experiment. Even in kindergarten, they were allowed, no, they were actually encouraged, to mix paints. Interestingly, on the other side of the spectrum, the art spectrum, I remember a friend who took a photography class one time many years ago, and they were telling me about their complaints about the class, saying that the instructor on the first day gave them instructions or kind of lack of instructions. The instructor stood in front of the class and said, okay, this is what we're going to do. Just go out and take some pictures. And the class said, of what? How? Give us some direction. The instructor said something like, if I give you direction, it will shape your art. I don't want to do that. Just get out there and experiment. Not surprisingly, a large number of people gave up and quit the class because they wanted some direction to help them get started and understand how to explore this art form of photography. So why the obsession with art lessons in again, a spirituality and faith-centered podcast. Well, when my daughter told me of her experience at her recent painting class, it suddenly dawned on me that much of the spiritual formation that happens in churches for both kids and adults is done in kind of a similar fashion to the way we teach art. I think we teach faith very similarly. We either overly define the way someone is allowed to learn. We tell them there's no reason to ask challenging questions because all of the answers are known. Stay within the lines. No mixing colors. Or we give no guidance at all. I have parents who tell me that they won't be asking their child to attend church or learn about faith until they're an adult and can make the decisions for themselves. And interestingly, we don't do that with our children in regards to health. We don't do it with our children in regards to education or food. But somehow, spirituality, we leave them to flounder, to drift on their own way too often. Now, I'll have to tell you that initially I was shocked by the art teacher who would wash the sun off the corner of the painting. But the point of this exercise was not to squash creativity, but it was instead to encourage it. Then, of course, I'm reminded of perhaps the most famous painter in the United States of our generation, Bob Ross. And he once said of his painting class, well, I'll let him say it to you. We try not to teach you just to copy. All we're trying to do is teach you a technique and turn you loose on the world. The spiritual process I hope to teach you here in this podcast is to listen to the experiences of others. Allow yourself to be moved by those experiences, not always in the same way. Sometimes you're moved to accept them and make them your own, and other times to question them deeply. And sometimes you'll, you'll actually alternate between those two responses, even from the very same experiences of others. It's okay to ask tough, weird, unusual spiritual questions. 
even when they blur the lines, even when they mix the colors, even when they mean your spiritual canvas doesn't look like anyone else's painting. Just remember this, when you are painting, when you're painting the spiritual and faith canvas that is your own, I think there are only two rules. First rule is you don't get to judge anyone else's art as you create your own. And number two, you get to paint any way you want to, as long as you aren't splattering your paint on anyone else's spiritual canvas. That's all for today, and I'll let Bob Ross have the final word. Happy painting. God bless. Be sure to check and see if you have subscribed to this podcast so you get notified of future episodes. Also, you can find me on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for Sky Pilot Faith Quest. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is dan at skypilot.zone. And on your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to Sky Pilot Faith Quest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions.